0: Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray this message helps you connect to God as you find your place, reveal your purpose, and unlock your potential. Let's head live to Pastor Chris for today's powerful message. Hey guys, how's it going? It's PC, man. I'm so glad you're watching tonight. Don't forget, take time to share. Are you guys excited or what? We are a couple of weeks away from our launch of our Palm Coast campus. That's right, man. I am so excited about Palm Coast. We're coming to see you, amen. We're gonna be starting Thursday nights. I'm looking at my calendar. Don't forget, it's September the 1st, Thursday night. So every Thursday night in the month of September, the 1st, the 8th, we're gonna be with you in Palm Coast, pitching, vision, launching, dream team. And then October, that's right, The second, we start Sunday morning service. Glory be to God. I'm going to be with you 1130. It's going to be awesome. We want to reach people. I've never had a greater urgency than now to reach people. We're going to do this together because we are the family of God. And we're so excited about what's happening here at Relevant. Amen. I don't know about you, but we're excited about adding campuses, expanding the vision to reach more people with the love of God. Amen. It is going to be awesome. Glory be to God. Thank you guys so much for taking the time tonight. Join with your family. Text somebody right now. Get the get 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 focused to hear this word. I've got I've got this um I got this great word for you tonight. I really feel Um, I've been thinking about making it through the storms of life. Sometimes storms arise, and we got to know how to push through the storm. It's going to be a powerful word to help people. uh, If you're pressing through, you're going to love it. When you need to press through, you're going to learn and glean from this time. Amen. So thank you for sharing. Thanks for joining. And let's get into this thing. Amen. Praise the Lord. I don't know about you, but thank you so much for your participation to help, even in this, you know, the brand new, um, fresh vision. You know, means it's time to add more hands to take and carry the vision. Thank you so much for taking that, stepping up, taking more responsibility to help us build and grow the kingdom of heaven. The Bible says that every time we do that for God, he will not forget our work and labor of love. Amen. I cannot repay you for what you do. I can only thank you for what you do, but he can repay you for everything you give to him. Amen. Glory to God. That's how good God is. Praise God. Hallelujah. How many excited about sowing seed? I'm excited about sowing seed because my seed makes a way. Look at what it says. And you guys have been with me here before, and I love this. Look at Ecclesiastes 11, verse 4. Ecclesiastes 11, verse 4. When we see this scripture, it says, He that observeth the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. He said, if you're looking at the storm... He says, if you look at the wind, you're not going to sow. If you look at the clouds, you're not going to reap. We taught you and we're teaching you. And next month is our financial summit month. And I promise you, I'm going to teach you the rules of reaping. You do not want to miss that financial summit. It is going to be powerful. So last, we're going to go, we're going to be, of course, launching. And then we're going to have our live online summit the following week. Here at the church, live, I'm going to be teaching the rules of reaping. You do not want to miss this for your financial future. You know, I don't know what the world's bringing in the next season, but I know what God brought before the world showed up. It's the word of God. Amen. So let's look at this. He said, if you look at the wind, you're not going to sow. If you look at the clouds, you're not going to reap. Man, he is clear about this. He's saying, look, stormy seasons are going to come. Sometimes. It's the hardest seed to sow when you sow it in the midst of adversity. And that's what he's saying. If you look at the wind, man, right? You ever get like that? Like, oh, I, you know, you make excuses for not sowing. Don't make, well, my money's a little low. Don't look at that. Oh, you know, it's not a good time for me to sow. Oh, I got to make an extra, you know, my car broke down or, you know, you name it, you know, the, the The TV's not working. I got to go for, I got to buy school clothes. Come on, look, stop looking at the wind, amen, for your sowing, and here's another one. Don't look at the what? The storms of life, or what? The clouds, to reap. It's your reaping season, amen? It's your reaping season. Get ready to reap the harvest that God has for you. Reap your harvest now. It's the key to supernatural growth i promise you it's true amen so we got four powerful ways for you to give they're all there on the bottom of the screen you can see them right there you could text to give you can give online you could go to the account there and you could go to relevantfl.org giving but we have we have something that we ask you to do here i want you to claim what you need financial freedom is based on faith claim what you need you're sowing your seed now claim what you need As you give your seed, tell God, I believe in God for increase. I'm believing God to get out of debt. I'm believing God for supernatural overflow. I don't know. Tell them 500, 5,000, 40 grand, 50 grand, 100,000. I don't know. You know what you have needs of. Maybe you want to sell your house. Maybe you want to buy a house. Maybe you want to sell a car. Maybe you want to buy a car. I don't know. You have needs. Stuff's going on financially. Amen. Believe in God for seed. And then here's the next thing we need to break the power of the devil. I break the power of the devil in Jesus' name off of my money, off of your money, off of the church's money, off of your money, off of your family's money, off of your harvest now in Jesus' name. And then we loose the angels of heaven. Angels, go get my stuff. Bring it to me now. It's mine. I'm a rightful heir to the throne, and I expect my inheritance in the earth. So I loose you now to go get the stuff and bring it to me now in Jesus' mighty name. That's the word of the Lord, glory to God. Hallelujah, glory to God. We know you're gonna financially prosper because God is so good, amen. Here is the title of my sermon tonight. We're gonna stay in Ecclesiastes 11 because I was liking, I read this and this is where this thought came from. Um, I started thinking about storms and storms come in your life The Bible, Sunday really hit me, you know, a couple weeks ago. I said, you know, the Bible says the rain's going to come, the storm's going to come, the sea's going to come, the wind's going to blow. He said, but if you build your house upon the rock, you're not going to be affected by this. And I asked myself the question, okay? Jesus didn't say it was just going to be smooth sailing. He said, it's coming. Storms are coming. The wind's going to blow. The rain's going to come. The clouds are going to show up. What did you build your house on? Because whatever you built your house on is going to be the determining factor whether you're going to stand or not. Did you build it upon the rock of the word of God or did you build it upon the sand of nothing? So today I'm going to ask you some questions. How, how do I withstand the storms of life? What do I need to focus on to press through the storms? Look what it says in Ecclesiastes 11.1. 1. I, I, I like what he's trying to get you. We use this a lot. Well, I just used it for the offering, but I want you to see this. Cast your bread upon the waters and you will find it after many days. Now that's sowing. That's not just sowing finances. That's you sow love, you sow faith, you sow peace, you sow all these things. He said, after many days, you're give a portion of seven and eight. You don't know the evil upon the earth. If the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. And if the tree fall toward the south or to the north, is the place where the tree fall, there it shall be. He that observeth the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. As thou knowest not what is in the way of the Spirit, nor do you know how the bones grow in the womb of a child. Of, uh, you know, a child of uh, the womb of a the child in the womb. You know what I'm saying? Even so you don't know how God works all who makes all. And, and one of the things I, I use there for was this, is like we kept saying, it's, you don't sow sometimes because life is stormy. Now, let me explain what I say So I'm talking so financial seeds, but how many of you know this? You have to sow love when it's not easy. You have to sow peace in the chaotic situations. You have to sow words of faith in the storms of life You gotta sow the right stuff. So here's my question to you. What kind of storm are you facing in your life? What kind of wind is blowing against you? Okay, you might have the wind of conflict, right? You ever get there? Man, we're going through a conflict season in the family. Okay, have you ever gone through an opposition season, Um, a season of change, a season of trouble, a season of joy, a season of grief, a season of sad, a season of up, a season of down. We go through a lot of seasons, right? Have you ever gone through the season of testing? Have you ever gone through the season of temptation, right? You got you got to make the season of the valley of decision. You know, what do I do? We go through some stuff a lot. And what do I need to cling on to to help me navigate through this stormy season? through this traumatic season, through this good season. I'm going to tell you, the good life will mess you up. You know, people don't realize this. Well, you know, when opposition is there, we lean upon the Lord. Well, when the good life shows up, you better lean upon the Lord. Sometimes you forget God when it's good than you do when it's not. We're usually quick to remember God when it's not good. What do you do when it's good? You know, you get the job and now... You got, like, I mean, I used to see this all the time, right? People like, oh, I got to believe God for this job. And, I, and I've had people do this in here. They believe God for the job or they believe job for the career or they believe God for the career. They believe God for the next level. They believe God for increase. Then all of a sudden, the God that got them the job, the God that got them the money, the God that got them the increase, the God that got them the promotion. Now they don't got time to come to church no more. Oh, you remember that girl that you wanted? You Remember that guy you wanted? And God gave you a promise or God gave you something and now you forgot about God. Don't let the good life mess you up. How do I sustain the windy seasons of life? Look what it says in Ephesians 6.13. He tells you in Ephesians 6.13, hey, you better be able to stand against stuff. Put on what? Take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day and having everything to stand, you can keep standing. Put on the whole armor of God so you're able to what? Withstand in the evil days and what? You could keep on standing. Okay? That's the same way to say it, right? And when you've done all, stand, keep standing. Okay? So what is the importance here? We must Stay connected. So I want to give you some ways to help you make it through the storm. Number one, somebody just called me this week and said, Pastor, I'm really going through it. And I was like, okay. And they're like, I just need to be alone. You do not need to be alone when the storm of life hits. Write that down. Okay? Get that. What's the first thing you do when you start going through? You start to isolate Do not isolate yourself when you're going through a hard season. Get around the family of God. I'm telling you, this is not the work it to get you there sermon. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Look what it says in Ephesians 4.11. Ephesians 4.11. Now, I want you to look at this because I'm going to go there too. Ephesians 4.11 gives us a pattern of life of what we see here. Okay. Because he starts talking is God gave gifts um, some apostles, some prophets, some pastors, okay? Okay, for the work of the ministry. You see that? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. See that? Until we all come in the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth, What? Be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by what? The slight of men or the cunning crowd whereby we lie and wait to deceive. But we speak the truth in love that we may what? Grow up into him in all things which is the head even Christ. Okay? So that's what he's saying. He says we're, we're growing. We have to grow. But we, got, we have what? Fully mature, grown up, we have right we have this right now this is big now now i want you to see this cuz okay okay you got to be careful in verse 14 not to be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine things are going to blow against you you know what i'm saying what i'm saying okay different kind of teachings are going to come at you different kind of mindsets or something's moving all the time Okay, you, when, you, when things hit your life, stay connected to your spiritual church family. Get in an environment with like-minded believers. Get connected. Connect groups are so important for this very reason. I just told the guys, I said, all you guys, last men's meeting, you guys need to be praying with somebody. Who are you gonna call when it, life hits? When the wind's blowing, who can, who can agree with me? Who can get to a place of agreement with me in prayer so I can see my life? What's the first thing? Now think about this and we're gonna move on. What's the first thing you do? Just like the person I was talking about. Pastor, I just need some time to myself. Eh, wrong answer. Now I understand you reflect, but you don't let this linger for days, man. If you need to take an hour or two to grind and grab your wits, you know, and be like, hey, I got it. I know what to do. You need to be around the family of God. You need to be around like-minded believers. It rubs off, okay? It's true, right? So you might have to just like say, okay, I got to get around. Maybe you go get one of your friends and take a walk, or maybe you get into prayer time, or maybe you just talk to a parent, or you like, don't be alone in seasons when the wind's blowing so hard you can't think. You ever notice something like this? Okay, this is Florida, and it's the worst place in the world when a hurricane comes. You know what I mean? I can't stand them things. We bind them things. But you ever notice this? For This is really true. We, I didn't really, really know my neighbors. Like, you know your neighbors. You're like, hey, how you doing? Hey, what's going on? You know the guy? You know the guy vague in and out. When we went through the storm, right, on my block, I, man, you were like buddy, buddy, you know, you're outside talking, the neighbor needed this, and we had that, and you helped one another survive the storm. You do this in a natural thing, right? You got a a hurricane. Man, the news truck came to my house with the one, because we cut all the trees down. I'm serious, bro. It was like so thick across my thing. It was like, yo, hi, all the way across, and the news people came, and I was laughing, and I was like, well, my neighbors did this, and they were asking questions, and I was like, hey, you know, we all survived, thank God, but we did it together, So when a natural kind of like, I don't want to say disaster, but you know what I'm saying? When naturally something doesn't look good, you know, anything you ever see, even history says that, right? We pull together as humanity when we go through things together. And then, right? Like, I don't want to be the guy all by myself in the middle of this thing. So in the natural, when life pushes with these things, we connect and get together. Why would you not be doing this spiritually? If you're going through, get to church. Right? Stay spiritually connected. Then the other thing, too, is this. We look at what it says in Matthew 7.24 in the NIV. I like this. I like this. Matthew 7.24 NIV. He said what? He said, Hey man, this is so good. He said, Look at what it says. Therefore, every one of you who hear these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house upon the rock. Did you get that? That's the saint, right? He says, if you build your house, look at verse 25. The rain came down, sounds familiar, right? The streams rose and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation upon the rock. Do you see it? Now look at that. Who puts them, look at verse 24. Who what and puts them into practice? Have you had the word of God? Be a doer of the word. You got to be a doer. Isn't that James one twenty one? Look at James one twenty one. Right, and we can go down a look. We can go down to verse twenty three. Really, that's where it's at to save your soul. But look what James one twenty three says. Right? It says what? Hey man, you can't just be a forgetful hearer. This is so good. Why did not Are you a practicer of the word of God? Are you putting into action the word of God you heard? James 1.23 makes it so simple for us to see. For if anybody be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a guy that looks in a mirror and forgets what manner a man he was. Why? He looks into the perfect Bible, the law of liberty, and continue therein, not being a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This man will be blessed. So what do he say? If you just hear it and you don't accept it and you don't do it, it isn't going to work. So what am I supposed to do? Man, if I'm facing a storm, you got to start speaking to it. See, this is where I don't want to do that. That takes work. That takes effort. No, you got to start putting into practice the things you learn from the word of God to become effective to stand against the storms of life. Okay. Here's a big one. Look at this one. Matthew 8:24. 8, Matthew 8.24. He's breaking it down. In Matthew 8.24, you're going to see this story, and it's going to help you. Because you understand. And what? We're going to read all the way to 27. And behold, there arose a great what? Tempest in the sea. That's wind. Insomuch that the ship was covered with waves, but he was asleep. His disciples came to him and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he said it to them, why are you fearful? Why are you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. But the men marveled, saying, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Right? Right? Man, whoo, come on, somebody. But what do you do? He got to speak to the storm. You're going to have to speak to the storm. It might not look like anything's going to work out, but you got to start speaking to the storm. It's important. Come on, man. Come on. You got to keep your focus on God. Amen. Keep your focus on God no matter what. Right? Think about that. I don't know what you got to do to stay focused, but stay focused in the storm. Because what happens is if you don't stay focused, you're going to let fear creep in. This is the biggest attack the enemy has. The the reciprocal of faith, the opposite of faith is fear. So every time you start getting close to faith, fear is going to be all around it trying to get you to sink. Do not allow yourself to sink. Speak the word of God keep your faith in the right place and understand this. This is important, right? Oh, ye of little faith. What'd he say? He said, man, why are you fearful? You see it right there. Behold, he spoke to it. It's gonna take a little bit of faith to speak the storms. It's gonna take a little bit of um, consciousness that, hey, I'm in the middle of this and as much as I wanna get out of it, it isn't going anywhere till I deal with it. That is one of the most important things you can get. I got to deal with it. And one of the biggest things I like to remember is this. You got to remember how much Jesus cares about you, how much he loves you. I know, right? Um, you know, I mean, I think any way you look at it, like you could see it in Mark six forty-seven. If you want to look at Mark six forty-seven, 47, um, Jesus, you know, this is a good one too, because when you see this, it's kind of like he shows his compassion towards man, even though they're in the middle of a mess. Okay? I think, like, how do you see this, right? In the middle of a storm, he shows compassion, but they were in the, and when the and when evening was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he alone on the land, and he saw them toiling in the rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them, and the fourth not watching the night, and he came unto them walking upon the sea, and he would have passed them, but when he saw, when they saw him high, uh, walking upon the sea, they thought they saw a spirit. You know, Peter cried out. He said, For, be of good cheer. It is I don't be afraid. Okay. Peter said, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come. So Jesus said, come. So Peter jumped out of the boat and started walking on the water. Right. But when Peter looked at the wind. That's come on. What have we been talking about? When he looked at the tempest, the storm, he began to sink because he got afraid. Instead of focusing on Jesus, he started focusing on the circumstances, and the next thing you know, he started sinking. So he said, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus saved him and said, why did you doubt? Okay? When he got back in the boat, the wind stopped. After they got back in the boat, they reached their destination. So let's just say this. Jesus said, Hey, let's you guys go to the other side. In the midst of going to the other side, they met a storm. They were going to get through the storm, man. There was no doubt that they were going to get through the storm. Jesus was going to the other side to try to get there before they got there. In the midst of it, they saw him and said, Hey, now Peter's teaching us here. He goes, Hey, oh my God, it's a ghost. He said, No, if it's you, he said, No, it's me. He said, If it's you, bid me come. They were still going to go through the storm. Peter takes it to another level in the midst of the storm getting ready to show you something that in the midst of the storm there's next level faith to be found. I'm gonna show you something here now. Watch this, right? Jesus, right? Okay. He tells them to get in his ship in verse 45 and said, go to the other side. Okay? He went and prayed. In the midst of them going to the other side, they were going to the other side, guys. Peter catches Jesus walking on the water and he's like, hey, if it's you, they were toiling, it was tough, but they were gonna get to the other side. He said, if it's you, bid me come. Jesus gave him an opportunity to go to another level of faith, seeing in there. And he said, okay, come. He gets out there and he says, what? He said, man, I'm starting to look at the circumstances and the wind and the storm is making me sink. Jesus saves him, right? And goes, hey, have faith because if you're gonna go to this next level, you gotta have great faith. You can't look at the wind. You can't look at the storm. You can't quit just because you got opposition and gets back in the boat and finishes the course and gets them to the other place. So in the midst of these storms, in the midst of these windy seasons, in the midst of these seasons of, of I don't care if it's change, listen to me, man. This is not just pressure. What about the season of change? Have you navigated successfully through other seasons of change? They're coming Hey, have you navigated through the seasons of grief? They're coming. Have you navigated through the seasons of pain? They're coming. How well have you navigated through the season or the winds of opposition? Temptation, um, sowing seasons, walking in love, they're all winds blowing and you gotta make sure. How about the season of faith? This was a season of faith to go to a greater level. He sank in a lake. But God brought him to the other side and brought restoration. Okay? So this way, so this is big, right? If you pull this in, so what do I need to think the next time I see this thing coming at me? You get what I'm saying? I gotta sit here and go, man, what do I think and what do I do? Because they're gonna come. Now, how many, right, have not done, how many of you not did, well, you know, I know, but I have not. I have not put into practice what I know to do. Every one of us are accountable to that, right? That's big, man. Everyone who pays attention to my word and puts it into practice. Look at, look at Matthew 7, 24 through 27 one more time. I just really want you to get this because this is where we really get the text out of. He says, hey, man, you got to see this, man. I'm telling you because I don't know any, any other way for you to get it, but from the word of God. So I don't want to just try to go be cute with it. Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and pays attention to them, right? Or doesn't. I got a little bit of, uh, I read into it a little bit more with mine. So just 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 grab it and go because it, it's not, I'm not stretching it. I'm over expounding it almost like, well, you know, it's funny. Let me do this. Because if I put it in the, um, it, I, I'm over, I'm over expounding in it. But I could, um, um, we could we could actually look at this in maybe a different translation and break it down for you to have greater understanding than me over expounding. Um, let's look at at the passion. Okay, let's give him a minute to change that up. Let's look at Matthew 7:24 24 and the Passion because it's just a different way to read it. Okay, perfect. Everyone who hears my teaching and applies it to his life can be compared to a wise man who built his house upon an unshakable foundation. Doesn't that hit? Right, that hits. Now watch next. When the rains fell, he's saying rain, when the flood came, When the fierce winds beating upon the house, it stood firm because its foundation was firm. But everyone, now here we go, who hears my teaching and does not apply it to his life is compared to be a fool. He built his house upon the sand. So you see the sand and you see the rock. The rock is, I hear it, the word of God, and I build my life upon it. You are the rock. The guy that's on TV that plays the rock, he ain't the rock. He's a joke. Go tell Dwayne Johnson I said he's a joke. Put me on Instagram. I don't really care. He ain't the rock. The rock is the word of God. That's funny. He might get mad at me and call me out. Praise be to God. All right, whatever. Right? I thought that was funny. Right? But you, so see it though? The word of God, build your house upon it no matter what now. He said the rain's coming. Storms, rain, storm. Wind, beaten, tough seasons. Hey, they're coming. Hey, the seasons are coming. When it rained. Now watch this. But everyone who hears my teaching and does not apply it to his life can be compared to a foolish man who built his house on the sand. When it rained and the rain, the flood came. And when the rain came, the wind came. And when the waves came, it beat its house and it collapsed. You, nobody's exempt from The wind. No, somebody said something the other day to me. It just feels like it never stops. It's never going to stop. The rain and the wind is coming forever. Look at, look at, look at, look at, look at. Y'all know Hebrews 619. Go to Hebrews 619. Let them get scared. King James is great. Come on, man. I'm going to give you a couple. Come on, you got to stay with me. I got like 10 minutes. Come on, right? Matthew 7, woo, I mean, sorry, Hebrews, what am I talking about? I'm all messed up, I'm on Matthew 7. I got all excited about it because you know I'm gonna talk about the anchor of your soul and that gets me excited, right? Oh, you got the new King James. All right, whatever you want. You can put it in anything you want, I'll read it. Now you got, man, Grant's changing up, game changer, right? We have this what? Hope as an anchor for the soul. Short and what? Strong, steadfast. What? What entering into the veil, what hope? Hope of what? Hope hope in the word. Hope that it's going to work. So here's a big one. All right, Pastor Chris, I got hope as an anchor, but how do I anchor my life to God's word? Right? You ever think of that? How do I anchor my life to God's word? Like, okay, hope's an anchor. And, you know, like I, I use that analogy, right? You ever been fishing in a boat? You got the anchor there. The boat can't go drifting all over the place. It's kind of stuck. If I tied a rope around your waist and tied you to this building, you could only go so far, right? Come on. Hope is the anchor of the soul. What do you got to do? You got to put the word of God first priority in life. Treats, treat, treating God's word like it is the final authority in life is key. Write that down. I know what the word of God says, but you are in so much unbelief when you say but about the word of God, it is, it is not good. Look at your neighbor and say, this is not good. Right? He said he promised his word. He said, my word is last forever. His faithfulness, right? But how do I anchor my life? You got to trust the word of God beyond your feelings. Oh, my God, somebody write that down. Tweet that one, but my feelings tell me it's not working. Tell you, whoa, 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 feelings. Tell your feelings, shut up. You can't feel it. Stop feeling it, right? How many of you feel like the word of God's not working? Oh my God, you'd be lying, right? Some season, don't, it works. It has to work, right? Look at this. So what? It never changes. The word of God changeth not. It's the word of life. It's the word of truth. It's the word that lasts forever. God is not a man that he shall lie. He's the son of God. He's not repenting. He ain't changed his mind. So you got to understand, God's word is good. It's always good. He's good all the time. God is good. Amen. God's a good God, right? Preachers have been saying that forever. Billy Graham, God's a good God, right? They had to go preach. God's a good God. People think God's a bad God. They think he's a mean God. God's a perfect. God. The word of God is perfect. You ever think of that? It's perfect. There's no flaws in it. It's flawless. The Word of God's perfect. The Word of God's true. There is no other truth but the Word of God. He said He'll lead you into the spirit of truth. How about this one? God's Word doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He ain't changing who He is. He is not going to change who He is because of circumstances. The circumstances will change before He does. He said, look at everything you see. Everything you see is temporal, subject to change. But my Word lasts forever. And you know what? God's word is what? Everlasting. It doesn't, come on, man. The words I speak to you, they are life. It gives life. It's life-giving. God gives us life in the word. Man, right? They give us the opportunity to endure. They give us the opportunity. The word of God gives us the opportunity to endure, to encourage, to equip, to empower. He gives us the ability to do it all. Praise God. You know? And that's a big one. But you got to accept what God says about a matter. You got to get humble about this thing. Remember we said humility is not like this weird stuff. It's just you got to exchange your opinion for God's word. That's what humility is. So what's the big thing? Just do what God says. You know? A lot of times we don't like doing what God says because, you know, we don't think it's working. But who cares what it looks like? You know what I mean? You know, I like this. Can we go to this James 1, 20, let me just show you this. Because if you read James 1, um, like 20 through, 22 through 25, um, it makes a lot of sense, man. It just really does. He really, this, I think James chapter 1 really explains the word of God. Because you know what he says in the first part of it? He said, man, don't get all messed up with these, uh, with patience and faith. And I didn't bring no temptation because I'm going to tell you right now, I think verse 13, um, 12 and 13. Well, you want to read this? Let's read James 1, 12, and then 13, and then I'll go skip down. This will help you because this is big, man. I know I'm changing it up as we go, but um, that's why I just give us, give us a minute. Look, blessed is the man that endures temptation. Now, that's, that's deep. Now, that you say, well, that ain't deep. No, it's deep. Okay? Okay? Now you might say, well, I don't think it's deep. It's deep because look what he says. Blessed is the man that endures temptation for when he was tried, he shall receive the crown of life. Which what? The Lord has promised them who what? Love him. Now look at verse 13. Let no man say when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither he tempteth any man. You get that figured out, you'll never, you'll never screw up the character of God another day of your life. Don't say God is tempting me, for God is incapable of being tempted by evil. That is why he cannot tempt you with evil. Oh, you didn't hear me. I'm gonna say that again. For God is incapable of being tempted by evil, and he can never what? Be the source of temptation. See what I'm saying? So, because God, tempt God has temptation has no connection to God. So, therefore, since God cannot be tempted, he cannot tempt anyone else with evil. Is it now right there? Isn't that a good one? Because what does everybody do? God's putting you through the ringer. God ain't putting you through the ringer. He said, I cannot even tempt you. So then don't go looking at God going, Why do I got to go through this? God ain't tempting you because he cannot be tempted with evil. Okay, neither tempt any man. But every man is tempted when what? You drew away from your own lust. Ooh. Now that ain't that ain't like sex sexual sin and all that stuff. That's just evil, um, evil desire. That's all that is. You get that? Desire and thoughts that drag you into evil. Look, hey, let, let's let's go look at this in the passion. Let's look at 12, 13, 14, and the passion, 15. This is good, ain't it? So, how did a storm come? If your faith remains strong, even while surrounded by life's difficulties, you will continue to experience untold blessings of God. True happiness comes as you pass the test of faith and receive the victorious crown of life promised to every lover of God. When you are tempted, don't ever say, God has tempted me. Oh, here we go. Come on, right? For God is incapable of being tempted by evil. He is never the source of evil temptation or the source of temptation. He can't be tempted by it. Therefore, he cannot tempt you. Instead, it is each person's own desire and thoughts that drag them into evil and lure them away into darkness. Oh, you better stop. You better go slap yourself. You're your own problem. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh, uh-oh, I, God, oh, God, I'm tempted. Slap yourself, you're your problem, not God. But my God must love me, because you know why? I am giving him credibility of character, even though he don't need it. But how many times do people say, well, you know, I'm just tempted. Yeah, you tempted yourself, because you got evil desires luring you into darkness, because what you want, God don't want. You can't always get what you want. Better try sometime. time. Get what I need. Evil desires give birth to evil actions. And when sin is fully mature, it can murder you. Don't be fooled by your own desires. You be blaming God. You're over here lost in your head with your evil desire from stupid ideas and all this other stuff. And you're like, God, God said, no, every perfect gift came down from me. Listen to this, every good gift freely gives us, I'm all messed up, every gift God freely gives us is good and perfect, streaming down from the Father of lights who shines from the heavens with no hidden shadow of darkness and is never subject to change. God was delighted to give us birth by the truth of his infallible word so that we would fulfill his chosen destiny for us and become the favorite ones out of all his creation. But I got it in heaven. I'm one of God's favorite ones. Lift your hand in the air. That's it. I'm done. Lift your hand in the air and say that. I want Say that right now in the house. If you don't say it, you're being disobedient. I'm one of God's favorite ones. I'm becoming too much. I praise God. The more churches God gives me, the honor I'm going to get. God, I'm one of God's favorite ones. Bible said it right there. I found it right there. You're one of God's favorite ones. Don't let the winds and storms of life mess you up. Push through the storm. Walk into victory. Have the greatest life you ever had in your life and do it with the word of God. You can do it, amen? Praise the Lord. Let me pray for you. You better show up. Sunday morning, I'm going to preach the house down. Glory to God. Father, I thank you for each and every person listening at the sound of my voice. I know you're bringing change and transformation to their life. I know you're bringing supernatural success. I thank you that they could pass through the storms. They could pass through the wind. They could pass through the life. And they could go on the other side and have eternal victory in every area of their life. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said. Amen. Praise the Lord, man. I pray tonight, really encourage you, equip you. Please share the message. Thank you so much. Now, listen, we got a lot of exciting things going on here. Listen, right now, they're going to be giving you some announcements. Don't forget, Palm Coasters launch in September. We're talking about Thursday nights launching in September, and then we switch out of Thursdays after September and we go to Sunday morning in October. We're all the way through. We need you. Get plugged in here. Get new membership class. Get ready to go. Sign up in your department. Give another Sunday. I asked everybody in church. I said, can you give me one Sunday? If everybody in this church would volunteer one Sunday, that's all I want. If everybody in the church would volunteer one Sunday a month, I don't even know if you'd have, if every member of the church volunteered one Sunday a month, you wouldn't have to work one Sunday a month. Seriously, can you imagine if, like, say there's like a hundred people decide to go, well, I'll, I'll give one Sunday? We don't need that many people, man. You're talking about that's 51. You don't need that. You could do, you could do 10, 10, 10. We'll see you in 10 weeks. You got to get connected, man. Come on, help us carry this load and fulfill and run the race. You could be a greeter. You could be an usher. You could be working in media, Bring your music talent. We're expanding the team. We need you now. I need your time. I need your talent. And I need your treasure in this season like never before. Listen to these announcements. I'm going to see you Sunday. You know I love you. And here's the key. We need you to get involved now. Love you guys. I'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarnum. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, you can visit us at RelevantFL.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. Thanks for listening.